Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. came a few times and became a Christian at one of those camps. You know, if you're a Christian child and you go to a church, you're known in that church, perhaps you can't ask your youth leader the question you really want to ask because they know your mum and dad. And to go away to camp, you've got freedom. You may know the leaders, you may not, but it won't go any further. And you can actually be really honest and just say, this is what I'm struggling with. Hello, this is the Faith in Parents podcast brought to you by Faith in Kids. Amy and I are here. Shout hello, Amy. Hello, Ed. Fortunately, it won't be our voices you hear just today. We're joined by three friends and we're talking today about residential Christian holidays for young people. That phrase already is bamboozling, so we're going to talk a bit about it. But let me, my guests, introduce themselves. Hannah, can we start with you? Hannah, tell us who you are, where you are and how it's going. Hi, I'm Hannah Peace. Um, I live in North Yorkshire with my husband, Andy. We've got three teenage boys and I have the privilege of working with Yorkshire Camps, which is a Christian residential holiday centre which runs camps throughout the year. Wow. So, Hannah, this last 12 months for you, has been probably more different for you than it has for the rest of us, maybe. Yeah, bliss. Absolute <laughs> bliss. No. But you're welcome. <laughs> no, we... <laughs> yeah, it's been really quiet, really, really quiet, but um, really looking forward to get going again. And geographically, Hannah, for those of us for whom North Yorkshire, we'd lo- is there a, the nearest town to where you are? We're about 10 miles from Skipton. About an hour's north drive from Leeds. So we're in the middle of nowhere, rural. I've got lambs on the field opposite at the minute. So yeah, rural North Yorkshire. Thank you. Nick, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yes. Yeah, hello everyone. Uh, Yeah, I'm Nick Jackman. Uh, I'm the director of Contagious. Uh, We live in Nottingham with my wife and uh, our youngest, Reese, who's 15, 
and uh, and I've got two grown-up kids. Uh, Sally works for me, which is a real joy. And uh, and then Ruben married Vicky, and they live in Hull. And uh, and it's beautifully sunny in Nottingham. And Nick, in this last year, there must have been moments when you wished you hadn't called your organisation contagious. <laughs> It's been the best marketing campaign that has got slightly out of hand. Okay. Just how do you describe what Contagious is in the non-pandemic sense? Contagious, it's a Christian residential conference. We, we want young people to come along to, to enjoy Bible teaching, to engage with truth themselves, but also to be making friends and building a really sort of lasting community, uh, a friendship that goes way beyond just the week, uh, and to have a lot of fun. Uh, like every other camp, which uh, has a big focus on fun and activity and enjoyment. But, uh, but we want all of that to be supporting our main aim, which is to, uh, to educate the young people with great Bible teaching. Thanks, Nick. Andy, last one. Tell us about you. Yeah, um, my name's Andy. I'm the Centre Director at Gaines Manor in Worcestershire. And we host camps in the summer and church youth groups for residentials residentials on the weekend. Uh, most of the year, in fact. Although, I've only kept been here since July, and I have not seen a single bed occupied since I've been here. I'm sorry about so that. So that's quite odd. <laughs> um, yeah. I see that. I see that. Let's um, let's just help those uh, for whom this idea of residentials uh, is is new. Um, Hannah, what age group do you host on your site? Yeah, Yorkshire camps, we go by school years. So we go from school year three to 13. We don't have them all at the same time. We do it kind of in smaller year groups or you know, primaries, kind of middle school as it was, and then older teens. Um, so eight to 18 year olds, essentially. And if you were trying to persuade a bunch of young people and parents, let's say they're Christian parents of the value of these, Hannah, what would, what would you say? Oh, I just think camps are brilliant. For parents, I mean, you get a weekend's piece or a week's piece, however long, so great. But you're putting them into an environment where they're going to be loved, they're going to have an amazing time, they're going to make memories for a lifetime, but they're also going to come under the sound of the gospel. So we, on every camp, whether it's a school camp, a church group, a holiday camp, share the gospel. And they go to church probably week in, week out. They hear the same teachers teaching the Bible. And it just is a fresh way of communicating the gospel to them. They meet new people. They meet peers, people their own age. They have leaders who are maybe not that much older than them who can share the gospel with them. So it's just fresh. And then my children are in a church where there's just probably less than 10 young people. So you get that kind of big environment of where there's loads of Christian young people. The singing's good. The games are good. You know, it's, it's all of that that you get. It's quick, as adults, we get at a conference, but they get at camp. Hannah, so do you come as a group together or as a parent, do you like book a place for your child to go on something that already exists? Yeah, for us, you can do any of those. So church groups come usually for a weekend and they'll come with their group. For small churches, which there are a lot of in sort of deprived spiritual Yorkshire, we might put a few church groups together. We do holiday camps where you come as a parent and you bring your child and there's loads of parents in the same way. And then schools come for their school residential. Wow. I think one of the things that I know my kids have really missed 
over the last year is just being with other Christian young people, being part of a community, seeing that they're not the only ones who are trying to live for Jesus. And I know growing up for me, camps um, and and those kind of residentials were great to, as someone who's part of a small church, to just feel like it isn't just me, there are other people out there. And I think that's that's fab. Did, did any of you growing up do camps that, where they played a big part in who you were? Nick, tell us about that story. Yeah, so I was a big part of Covenanters and Jucos when I was growing up. So we, we did loads of those different camps. I think Covenanters turned into Urban Saints. And uh, yeah, and that was, it was fantastic. I loved being away. I loved all those different experiences that I had. But I think it also helped me with with my uh, learning as a Christian. I wanted to grow as a Christian. I think having that that week or a weekend of focus just really encourages you to to, to question what you're doing, um, but also have some mature leaders who sort of give you input. So there were some fantastic leaders who taught me the gospel, and uh, and I think probably I I was very influenced by some of them as a Christian. And uh, and then just having the joy of serving on camp as well, and being with with people who I've I've grown up with to then serve together doing camps is also fantastic. I'd love to put my cards on the table and say, uh, despite growing up in a Christian home, going to church, camp was where I became a Christian. Broadly, every year of my life since then, I've done camp. Uh, and growing up, absolutely, it was the one week of the year where I felt normal. And uh, I I want to be the first one to say uh, that I think in modern Britain, growing up as a Christian, as a teenager is hard work. And camp might be the place where your teenager breathes deeply and says, Jesus is for me. Nick? Can I just say as well that me with our family, we've our, our young people, have co- our, our own kids have come up through camps. And now to be at the age where our kids are old enough to serve on team, is just such a joy and uh, really want to encourage you if you're a parent who to come along with your kids to a camp and to serve with them is just such an such a, a great experience and a joy uh, for most Christian parents and maybe not so much for their children but <laughs> no I disagree with that I've got many families Go many families who've uh, who their parents have been stuck in and they absolutely love having their parents around uh, I think that's a misconception that people think they don't want their parents. I don't think that's quite true. Ed, I have to say, I was a child, though, that didn't love camps. I'm totally for them now, but I didn't love them as a child. Um, but that said, I know I was nervous and I loved being at home and kind of the insecurity of being on camp. Looking back, that kind of fades, and I know they did the, me the world of good, and I do send my children on camp. I've got my youngest son really doesn't like going away from home. He's exactly the same, but I still encourage him to go on camp because I know that once he's overcome that, he will have a great time, and he'll look back at a lifetime of memories and the friendships he makes and all the other benefits there are. And actually, that's scared side of him will that will fade over time hannah would you this this may not be the greatest advert for camp but it's helpful to be honest um just that part that you're talking about and and your i guess what your son would say as well what is it that you found difficult what is it that that some young people find difficult about going yeah, well, there's lots of types of camps. I guess I went on my own, so I didn't know anyone. That's really hard. And a way you can help your child is for them to go with a friend. So at least they know somebody or know a leader that they can um, be familiar with. 
Um, I think I just love being at home. I still don't particularly like going away from home. I'm really happy at home. So it's just a personality thing. Um, I think you've got to find the right type of camp for your child. So uh, my eldest son, I'd send him to Christians in Sport. It's a massive camp. It's loud and it's noisy. That isn't right for my youngest son. So find a smaller camp for him where he feels much more comfortable. Um, and just, you just need to know your child and need to know where you're sending them and then prepare them in a way that's right for their child so you know maybe show them a video of it so they know what to expect um we had a parent who was really nervous i actually think the parent was more nervous than the child hmm. they came to visit us before they brought the child on camp so the child was familiar with the site and um, so so know your child and do what's right for them but send them on camp amazing advice go on go on andy yeah so i i back up hannah completely uh, I had a phone call from a parent the other day who said, you know, I'm really keen for my daughter to come to camp, but uh, she's got questions, so I'm going to put you on speaker and you, she can ask you the questions directly, um, which is great. You could, you know, have a little chat with uh, her daughter and her parent mum could hear the answers and we were just trying to give reassurance and answer questions so that she doesn't turn up to the completely anonymous place in an anonymous part of the world where she's never been before feel like she's been dumped by her parents and then um, they've gone off for a nice quiet week I mean I think that there's a, a a message that's worth hearing for parents is that we know how anxious kids can be yeah and and just to encourage them to talk to us about that um, yeah we we do quite a lot on our first day to to make parents feel happy and secure and less anxious as well as the children and, and we're we're having to manage parents as well as children that's a that's okay but just help us by talking to us and sharing anything that would be helpful for us to know during the week andy can you just tell us what what does a day look like what is it what is it you so i we actually had this situation in our home my son was booked in to come to one of your ventures Two twins in his class from church booked in as yeah. well. They were berating their mother, saying, I do not want to go to church for a solid week. They really yeah, yeah. believed it was like one <laughs> endless long church service. So, and, and I just, I mean, that is funny. They genuinely believed what their mum was making them do. So, Andy, just ex explain what it is. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it's fairly standard for most camps, but we would get up. Um, and eat breakfast um, we do eat uh, on all the camps I've been on we make quite a big thing of food um, we we've particularly taken to singing a song about crumble um, which I love because like apple crumble is one of my favorite things and uh, yeah so we we have breakfast uh, and then uh, normally after breakfast you'd have uh, a small group time or a whole whole kind of camp meeting where you'd look at look at a passage from the bible or a particular question from the bible and then there'd be some maybe activities uh, before lunch uh, maybe there might be a couple of seminars on particular topics that you could go to um, if your camp was doing that and then after lunch there'd be activities there's some quite uh well-known camp activities on all sorts of camps. Every camp you go to seems to want to do slide the surf the plastic. Um, I just want to say for the record, I don't like surf the plastic. <laughs> I, know, I know that makes I, know I can't be a Christian if I say that, but I really don't like it. Um, 
Surf the plastic they, is a long piece of tarpaulin down a bit of an incline, some washing up liquid, and a lot of people in their swimmers. And you surf down on your tummies, and it's surprising how many grown men, given that the extra advantage of weight, can basically surf for about 500 metres. No, I see. But see, I'm the first aider. I'm always the first aider. So, it, it like, and I, like, I... Andy, we're being so, distracted. Don't don't yeah. focus on surf the plastic. Keep going, Andy. What else happens? What else? What else? Tell me. I'm nine. Uh, yeah, activities. Yeah. So um, if you if you enjoy it, we can do it. I think is the best way to describe it. So if you like football, we can have a kickabout. If you want to play uh, touch rugby or cricket or do some craft, um, do some cakes, bake some cakes. I mean, you you think of it. We'll do it here at Gaines. We've got a lake with some kayaks. And we can do rafting. Uh, so we've got the instructors who can do that for us. Uh, yeah, you like it, we'll do it. Hannah, give us, give us your, you, you know, give us the ten words you want to start by to saying to parents and young people about what it looks like. Oh, it's just the best. You have a brilliant time. You know, you get the opportunity to try new things, to challenge yourself. Um, to to mix with people you've never met before, to be with your friends, to to not be told off by your parents, not be told not to get muddy because you you're going to wreck your favourite tracksuit or whatever. Just be free, just be children, but in a safe place where you're loved and where they're going to share Jesus with you. What could be better? Hannah, than I'm that? coming. Thank you. <laughs> Nick, can... mud and Jesus sold. Nick, can you tell us? Um, a, a, a story that comes to mind of the difference a residential conference can make for, for a young person. Yeah, there's a in my SUS group last, or in 2019 when we last met, my small group. We had a I had a group of young lads who, who when they arrived, they were very cool, and uh, they really didn't want to participate. They were kind of pushed there by their parents, Christian families. And, uh, you know, the slouching in the chair, turning up to a session without a pen or their book or a Bible. And it was just hard work. And uh, one morning they arrived at my my group and uh, they said, oh, we were up till three o'clock last night in our rooms talking. And I said, oh, no, I'm never going to get anything out of them today. But then they said, we were talking about Christianity. And uh, and it was just fantastic that they together were engaging in in their own way in the material and then having conversations about it at three o'clock in the morning, which wasn't great. But then by the end of the week, um, two of those lads had really softened and had a real heart to heart with me. And we were able to encourage them spiritually. They were going through some quite difficult stuff. And uh, and I'm absolutely delighted to see that they've booked on for this coming summer as well. So, you know, these kids who really struggle, they've got this opportunity to share and to open up and to talk to their peers about it and talk to a mature leader and uh, to ask those difficult questions, which is, which is great, isn't it? Hannah, what similar question, same question. Are there stories you bring to mind? For me personally, the first 36 hours of camp is basically miserable because in my experience, every young person is slightly hard-hearted, cross they're there and doesn't think much of me. So I need to keep remembering the stories of hope for the first 36 hours. Have you got some you bring to mind, Hannah? Well, we run a lot of camps that are about 48 hours, so it's the first 36 So we've got to work hard and go fast. Um, oh, loads of positive stories. I think most 
children that come will have a positive story but think of one lad he came from a nominal christian home he was a church goer but not to a great church came on camp he came consecutive times really so one of the things we do is that they'd come more than once they wouldn't just come in the summer but they might come multiple times came a few times and became a christian at one of those camps we were then able to plug him into a bible teaching church where they've discipled him they've loved him and he's gone on spiritually and it's just i think you know, if you're a Christian child and you go to a church, you're known in that church. Perhaps you can't ask your youth leader the question you really want to ask because they know your mum and dad. Mm. And to go away to camp, you've got freedom. You may know the leaders, you may not, but it won't go any further. And you can actually be really honest and just say, this is what I'm struggling with. I can't tell my parents. I can't tell my youth leader. And um, that's what I hope for my boys. So my boys don't just come to Yorkshire camps. I send them out so that they have that freedom to ask those questions and grow as as a believer is my prayer. Thank you, Anna. Andy, give us a story of hope. What's your encouragement? My favourite story of this is from a church I've been at previously. We did a, a weekend away um, and we had one lad come in who was the boy you did not want in your Sunday school class. Uh, and I thought, oh no, he's coming. It's going. This is going to be really hard. And he became a Christian. Like, just, just, it's the most. It, it might as well have been the most normal thing in the world. He just suddenly realised that who Jesus was. Um, and then his life was just totally turned upside down. Uh, he was reading the Bible. He was praying. He was asking questions. He was listening on in on Sunday mornings. And about what four or five months later, he came out to me after church and said, oh, I've been praying about how I can be serving the church. Could I help at Kids Club? I was like, yes, of course you can. And uh, we we started meeting together, just like the two of us, one-to-one, uh, read the Bible together. We thought about how we could be like teaching the, ki- the children at, at Children's Club. And um, he started to pick that up and... And then he's kind of gone from strength to strength, really. He's got himself plugged into a, a church at university. Um, he's now a ministry trainee for that church, which is just so exciting. And um, I was just like one one weekend on the Isle of Wight 10 years ago. And, you know, that life has been cha- changed. And you think how much how many other people could have he affected? Yeah. I don't know how many um, grandparents listen to your podcast, Ed, but one of the great encouragements and maybe a challenge for people out there is that you, there might be Christian grandparents whose children aren't uh, Christians or their grandchildren aren't. So there's there's one lad who comes to our camp, his parents are split up, his mum's a drug addict, and they have very little contact with the grandson. So they can't take him to church regularly, but they could pay for him to come on camp and they brought him on camp. And maybe as a grandparent, you know, you could pay for your children to go on camp somewhere and that's a way of a blessing the parents will love you for it because mm. they get a week of peace or totally. whatever but actually they get not just an hour at a holiday club or whatever um or dragged to church because it gives the parents an hour on a sunday but a longer period of being on camp yeah just to say as well it's also really profitable for those young disciples who are tr- keen to to follow that the savior jesus and you know we had a a lad who was struggling because uh, he had a uh, friends in his class who were gay and we don't want to talk about that issue but it was you know we were able to help him to think through how he could answer and and pray for them and support them uh, we've had other 
children who have been moving around a lot with their parents who've built friendships that are contagious and and as they as they come back again to book they they're trying to link up with their old friends in their old dorm and and it's just so lovely to see those relationships continuing for for the christian kids who feel quite isolated in their churches or their schools you know it's a tough world for for young people growing up in this culture and and having a safe place where there's a community of christians together is just such a, a blessing for these youngsters so basically, I was sold at Modern Jesus, and you've told me a lot more reasons why there's a lot more reasons to send my kids than that. Um, but I guess as as the parent who's not sent their kids before, um, who doesn't perhaps know some some of the setup, doesn't know some of the leaders, um, how how can you make me reduce my anxiety? How can you reassure me that my kids are going to be safe? Um, you know all of those kind of panicking mom questions are they gonna be all right yes so sorry there is just also the analytical dad question which is uh yeah there is controversy in the air reassure us that that you're not going to be the next controversy yeah nick off you go yeah just to say that we we do thorough checks of all of our leaders so they're not only are they dbs or pvg checked um, that uh, that we take two references for every leader that come, one from their church, so to know that they're fully involved in their church, and one from another Christian friend or a person that they work with. Um, plus, we ask them several questions. If they're new leaders to us, we want to know what they think about the gospel, what they, how they're involved in youth work in their churches. And so all of that information is gathered, and then they become a leader at Contagious, but not then left on their own. Every small group has at least two leaders. So no leader will ever be on their own in a group. And I think that's okay. really important to, to give you that reassurance as well. So I presume that's the same, Hannah, for you and Andy, for you, similar kind of setup. Absolutely. Yeah. And risk assessments and... um I'm sure it's the same for every camp centre. If a parent wrote and said, can I read all your risk assessments? Can I read your safeguarding policy? Our safeguarding policy is on our website. You can access it. Really happy to answer any questions. We would do whatever we could to make your child feel comfortable, at home, um, safe, you know, and want to reassure you. Yeah, definitely. And can I ask the practical question about sleeping arrangements? Uh, who Who does my child sleep with? How do they pick who they sleep with? What room are they in? Are they in a massive room with 25 people? you know all of that Andy so here at Gaines we've got big rooms small rooms uh, medium-sized rooms they've all got bunk beds in Uh, and when you apply to come on our camp you can say I'd like to be with my brother or I don't want to be with my brother I'd like to be with my (laughs) friend John who's from my church or who was with last year Um, and then you'll be you'll be put into a group that kind of probably uh, shares that room uh, so 10 ish people will be in that group um, and then you, they'll be your group for the whole week they'll be like your family for the week so you, they'll be looking after each other spending time together eating together doing activities together laughing at each other encouraging each other all those things that we all need 
Yeah, can I just say about um, special needs children, though, um, in particular? So sometimes children have got particular needs that um, we get a lot of children who don't want to eat certain things or they want their food to look a certain colour or to be laid out a certain way on a plate. Um, we've had quite a few children who are on the autistic spectrum. So one girl um, had one-to-one at school, but her parents really wanted her to come on camp, but a carer couldn't come with her. So again, we met her. We had somebody who was her designated kind of one-to-one person. We gave, we often give out to children um, on the autism spectrum uh, a program of camp so they know what's coming next. And actually a lot of them thrive in it because of the order and the structure of camp. So I think as, as leaders, we, we really want your children there. And as a parent, if you're nervous about something, tell us, because mm. if we don't know, we can't look after them. Yeah. But if we know, we will do all we can to accommodate them. Yeah, in the same way, we we get all sorts of information from parents to how we can best look after your child. Uh, so there'll be, you know, we, we work with mainly big schools or big centres where our camps are hosted. And uh, in the same way that, you know, if a particular dietary needs are, met, uh, are needed, then we mm-hmm. can meet those um, and medical needs. And we've got sort of qualified nurses who join us on camp to do all of the uh, the medication and things like that so there's a there's a loads of stuff that is done we we're all parents ourselves and so we kind of know how to how to properly care for the children as a parent but equally as uh, much more professional than that with all of our other policies uh, alongside that great Okay, that that sounds that sounds good. And I realise that if you went on a camp as a family, you would probably be in a room with your family. But the general rule is kids are in rules, rooms with kids and leaders aren't in rooms with kids everywhere. Yeah. That's right, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Having grown up on camps, I, I would say, for instance, when I grew up, there was always the youngest leader slept in the room with us, which we thought was terrific because we, <laughs> we made sure they never slept. That I think I'm right in saying no. There are no leaders now that sleep in the rooms with the members. Uh, the the members groups are normally around the same age. So, for instance, you wouldn't get an eight year old in a room with an eleven year old. No, and and the same gender, obviously. And I, I think the rooms have got smaller. And the the policies. Thank you, Hannah, for inviting parents to see the policies. The po- no camp can structure now without policies that cover every detail. And you'll have worked so hard on them. It would be great if people read them. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, I've never been asked by anyone to read our safeguarding policy, but they have asked to read our doctrinal basis. Well, well, we're going to set that right, Anna. Someone's going to ask you for that safeguarding policy. (laughs) Please ask me. um, I'd love to tell a story that I've been saving up. I grew up on camps. I became a Christian on camps. Um... As a leader, I led my first ever Bible study to those poor young people who were probably very bored by the awkward man that was doing it. First conversations about Jesus. All of those things were for the first time. The, the, the memory that sticks out for me was I had just left the church I'd served as a kids worker for 12 years. I came back for the baptism of some young people. Because I'd been there long enough, all of them on stage I'd known since they were five or six. And I was... I I was very struck that probably six out of eight in their two-minute testimony cited a Mm. residential summer camp as the place, even though they'd grown up in the most fantastic Christian homes in what I think is a great church, they all said it was on a summer residential week, not even the first one they'd been to, Mm. where for them, 
They just got it. And and that has been my experience, as some of your stories have told. I was weeping like an idiot in the back row. I was clapping. I was dancing. I would, I that night, I genuinely thought if I was to die now, I would be totally happy. I've had a small impact on these young people's lives. The stories they have told... But also, I, I've given time to camp. I was, I was so heartened. And I do see that story repeated over and over again. Mm. Absolutely. The Lord works. Yeah. Nick, talk. So just to say that the advantage of having a, a week, just to explain why that is the case, and we hear, hear it so many times, and that is that, that over a week you get, or a weekend, you get more opportunities to, to build the teaching Mm. And uh, so that your the first few talks, the young person might be kind of battling with the subject and saying, "Look, I don't like this, and this isn't this isn't what I really want to hear." And then you'll get that kind of penny drop moment where they finally see how great God is, how wonderful the gospel is, uh, and how they need their saviour. And then you can then towards the end of the week, you can help them to sort of really know how to build and grow in their love for Jesus and follow him. So so there's a real the, the, the pattern of the week really can reflect some of that work that goes on in young people's lives. I suspect now all three of you are saying you're open for business this summer. I do. I want to say, well, I mean, I'm I'm thrilled by that. I, I So <laughs> many organisations have cancelled for very good reasons. We're not going to discuss now. Uh, just give us, uh, in a sentence, first of all, uh, how might camps look different in COVID world? Nick, what, do you th- what are you thinking? Yeah, well, it's difficult to, to know at this stage because uh, the government haven't told us what they're going to look like. Uh, we suspect that young people are going to need to be tested before they arrive and on camp. And we're already putting together uh, policies and procedures in order to test young people. And then we're hoping that once everyone has been tested, that life on camp will be fairly normal. There'll probably be extra hand washing and stuff, but that's that's our hope. Now, if we have to sort of put people into bubbles and socially distance, then that's going to be a challenge and we, we may need to make some changes. But uh, we suspect it will be a testing regime and then run fairly normally. I know that some of you are about to tell me that you are fully booked for members, but I if you... I'm sure you're all looking for wonderful leaders. I just said that um, uh, it was my experience that I essentially, I gave my first talk. I led my first Bible study. I think I had my first deliberate conversation. All of that happened to me with very patient young people who put up with me stumbling my way through it. I I think every Christian would benefit from being a leader on a venture. Who is it you're looking for? Hannah, are you looking to recruit from Yorkshire? Well, Kind of, but not quite in the way that you're saying. We actually have a training team with us for a year, so people take a gap year out, and they will be our core team for the summer. So I have to say we're not massively looking for help in the summer, but if you want to spend a year with us from September, we'd love to talk to you. Hannah, quickly, tell us, who are you looking for for a year from September then? What kind of people? Yeah, people who love children, love Jesus, and are aged 8 to 23. Brilliant. Nick, what makes a great leader? Yeah, it's someone who loves Jesus. I think that's all. That's an absolute definite. Someone who's got some youth experience or children's experience. You've got to be able to love young people. You've got to know how to run some basic games or or run a small group. Um, but that's not to say that you're going to be completely left alone either. We've got a young leaders training program called Crew uh, for sort of 19 to 22 year olds. 
And then as, as leaders as well, we're going to put you with a senior leader if you're, if you're a young leader uh, and equally give you lots of training in teaching material. Uh, but also, I think another person, another characteristic of being a leader is you need a fair amount of energy. Uh, camp is pretty tiring and, uh, and it's pretty demanding, but it's also hugely rewarding. There is such a a joy at seeing young people just uh, coming to faith or growing in their in their Christian walk. That is just something that will fill you up and fill up the young people as well. Hannah, how can a parent help you? What might a parent's role be in what you're about this summer? It's really helpful if you book early, so we know you're coming. We know what our capacity's at. Um, prepare your child, but don't. You know, if you are that nervous mom, don't make your child nervous. Make them excited. Build the anticipation. Don't pack their favourite clothes, their most precious teddy. Please just leave it at home. It's fine. And then leave just, the screens at home. Leave the surely. screens. No screens. Yeah, not at camp. <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's, it's true but then just be praying you know pray for your child who's pray supposed to be talking campus, pray for leaders and pray for that god would just be at work in the lives of the children that's the best thing you can do yeah yeah do pray for your, for your children um pray that they have a good time pray that they set up pray that you know the opportunities that are afforded on camp are, are beneficial to them um you know they, they get a week hearing about jesus pray that they understand who he is um, what could be more important to pray for your children? Um, certainly why I pray for mine. Thank you. Final, final just pitch. Uh, I'd love each of you in the show notes. We're going to put the website that you ask us to put where people can find out more booking. Uh, why don't you just tell us what is it you're offering this summer? Uh, who are you looking for? What age groups? You You tell us what you have on offer and how we can help. Hannah, do you want to start? Yeah, we've got a range of camps starting. We've got day camps. So again, if you've got a nervous parent, you don't want to send your child for the weekend, book on a day camp um, and introduce them slowly. But then different ages over the summer, um, different lengths as well. We've gone for some shorter camps this year, aware that people haven't had that build up that they might normally have. Um, and just maybe try and bring a friend so your child isn't on their own. I think in this year of lack of social interaction, that's going to be really important and probably a bit more nervy than normal. So maybe come with a friend and you can go in the car together, maybe if you wear masks, um, and drop them off and then go with, go and celebrate with your friends, mum or dad or whatever. Go and have a coffee together and just rejoice that you can drop your children in a centre where they're going to have an amazing time and really grow, hopefully, in their faith. And I tell you, if someone's going to look after my children, tell them about Jesus and feed them beans. I'm there. I'm there. I, I, I absolutely remember the mum who, who dropped off her child with a smile and said, Ed, this is the first year you're getting both yeah. my daughters. My husband and I are off on holiday for a week for the first time in more than a decade on our own. But we're still going to, when we're enjoying ourselves, we're still going to pray. Thank God for those wonderful, godly people and that our children's lives will be changed by their experience. Even if we're just dancing, we're still going to pray. Andy, tell us, uh, who were you looking for? What would you love this summer to be like? Uh, I'd like camps to happen this summer, I think is the first thing to say. Um, Yeah, we've got uh, two camps, or three, because the second one is split into two. Uh, because we've got a camp for secondary school children, uh, first week of the holidays, and then a camp for junior school children um, in the middle of August. Sign up on our website, campxl.org, 
Camp XL. Thanks for clarifying that. Camp XL is you, Andy. People can find that out. So I guess Worcestershire means Birmingham is really well covered. That's what you're about, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, we are kind of half an hour outside Worcester, 45 minutes from the M5. And I have people from my church in southwest London coming to you, Andy. That is speak, right. Your pastor is one of our leaders. They speak hugely highly of what you're about. Nick, tell us what you're about this summer, who you're looking for, where you are. Uh, Contagious is uh, it's sort of a weeks-long conference uh, for young people. So we've got three different age groups. Max is for 14s to 19s. Uh, Go is for 11 to 13s. And then we've got this new one starting called Adventure uh, that's for 8 to 10-year-olds. Uh, each of those have a great teaching subject and we're in four different locations around the country. Now, uh, our south ones, the ones in west and central and east, have all fully booked apart from Go East, Go West. So uh, they booked up remarkably. Uh, it's still got spaces, so come along to that one. Uh, and then we've got one in, in, uh, in the north called Scono, Scotland North. And we've got some spaces on that one. All the details are on our website. It's in Barnard Castle, isn't it, Nick? <laughs> it is. My son's going on that one, so I'll be able to give you real feedback. <laughs> this is great. Hannah, do you think you could just pray for the parents listening, the young people going? There's a lot to pray for. We'd love they'd happen. Hannah, I'll leave it to you. Why don't you pray? Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the work of camps across our land. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that we have to share the gospel with children and young people and we pray that those freedoms might long continue particularly this summer we just pray that there would be the openings to be able to run them and we pray for parents we pray that they would have the confidence to book children on that the children would be excited bring their friends um, and lord we just pray that many would hear the gospel this summer um, and grow to love you as their lord and savior we pray in jesus name amen amen amen, amen. i've loved having you God Thank bless you. your camps. May young people hear of Christ and respond wonderfully. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ed. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, all.